If you join me in a moment of prayer, and gracious God, we ask that the words of my mouth, the meditations in our hearts may find acceptance in your sight. In Christ. Amen. So the message comes today to Joseph. We don't know a lot about Joseph, uh, but he does enter the, the scene. But we do know from what the scriptures tell us that Joseph is a good man. He's a good man. He's an upright man. He's a righteous man. And the reason we know this is because we are simply told he was righteous. The Greek word for that is the kaios. It means righteous uh, as one who follows the law. Now, knowing a Jew, the Jews, the law was so important, and following the law was critical. And so we find that, yes, Joseph was a, a good Jew. Now, in following the law, you can imagine, especially back in Jesus' day, the law was pretty strict. There were rules that you had to follow. There were lines that were carefully drawn. <clears throat> so, as he is engaged, an engagement for Joseph and Mary in their day was even more serious than today. It was not something that was just broken. They were considered betrothed, but they were also not quite married, but for all intents and purposes, they were. So when Mary comes and tells Joseph that she is with child, and Joseph checks his memory bank and knows one thing for sure, that this is not his child, the law would require that he would divorce her, it would be public, most likely, and she would be humiliated. That is what the law would allow, if not require. But Joseph, we are told, decides on his own that he will dismiss her quietly, which in some ways is, is a rather heroic thing for his day and age, almost an act of, of civil disobedience in some ways, because there are times when we realize the law cannot be followed or should not be followed. And so Joseph decides that he is going to dismiss her quietly. But then, lo and behold, as we found throughout this season, that an angel visits Joseph. An angel comes to visit Joseph as an angel came to speak to Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary. Now Joseph and Mary are together, and the angel speaks. But here's the problem with this. Joseph is already a good man. He's done a good deed. He has allowed Mary to go away quietly. We'll just continue our lives separately. No one needs to know. But the angel comes, and the angel says to Joseph, No, you are going to take Mary as your wife, and you are going to have a child with her, this child will be named Jesus. You will name him Jesus. So he is all of a sudden commanded to do something as though he didn't go far enough. Now, going the extra mile, which we could say is at least the case here, he is called to go the extra mile, 
That is easier said than done. Jesus is constantly telling us, we need to go the extra mile. We need to go the extra mile. And that is hard. It's easy to read about. It's great in a parable. It's wonderful in a story. But in life, it's pretty hard. There are two men, good friends, it said, and they were talking about the teachings of Jesus. And one said to the other, he said, uh, if, if I needed a hat, would you give me a hat? And his friend said, of course, I would give you a hat. He said, oh, okay. If I needed gloves, would you give me gloves? He said, of course I would give you a pair of gloves. His friend thought. He said, well, if I needed a coat, would you give me a coat? And his friend stopped, and he smiled, and he said to him, now, come on, you know I only have one coat. See, that's the challenge. Going the extra mile is going the extra mile, and that is a challenge. So what is required of Joseph? Remember, these stories are spoken and told, and they speak to us. Well, first of all, we find that that they must listen. Joseph and Mary, listen. This is the only passage where we have an angel speaking to someone, and they don't respond right away. Remember, Zechariah said, hey, how can this happen? I, Elizabeth is old, I'm old. The angel says, well, you're not going to be able to talk now, so how do you like that? And so he can't talk until the baby's born. Uh, John, when John was born, they always have some type of a dialogue with the angel. It's interesting, in this passage, uh, they are totally quiet. They don't say a word. They don't say a word. They just listen. Listening is hard. Listening is hard. There's no yes, buts, or maybe, or how about this, or how about that. No, it is hard to just sit there and listen. And when the angel says, hey, you thought you went far enough. I'm asking you to go even farther. You're commanded. Wow, that's hard. That is really, really hard. And what we need is to trust. What they need to do is to listen to what the angel says and be able to trust the angel. That is a difficult one. Who do we trust today? Where do we find people trusting anything? We don't trust each other. We don't trust the news. We don't trust the government. People don't trust the church. Who do we trust? Let's trust the angel. Trusting is is an act of great intimacy. It's really an intimate act. Oh, I trust you, but it's an act of intimacy. All of you know we have a big dog. Our dog, Georgia, is uh, what's called a Labradane, literally a Labradane because she's part Great Dane. Uh, she weighs about uh, 700 pounds, and um, <laughs> she stands about this tall. <clears throat> uh, Georgia, she, if she doesn't want to do something, it's very hard to get her going. Uh, Great Danes are, and Labradors tend to be uh, kind of lazy. Um, but when we moved to the suburbs, this is our fourth dog and fifth dog, really, but the fourth we've had since we've been in the suburbs in, in Madison. And uh, people don't like dogs running around their yards. They don't like them running around the street. Uh, we're very particular here, and that's okay. I understand that. And so we got an electric fence. Had an electric fence put in for uh, the last two dogs, and uh, we had it put in for Georgia. Now, the electric fence, as you know, is just a wire that goes under the ground very close, 
and uh, goes all the way around the yard, and then the dog wears an electric collar, a collar that, uh, that beeps if they get too close to the wire, and then if they go over the wire, it gives them as, as uh, the, the dog whisper. I love he calls it a correction, a little correction, which is okay. It's okay. It's just static electricity. Believe me, it doesn't hurt. I've been shocked many times carrying her thing across the, uh, uh, literally. Uh, <clears throat> and I've got a bigger brain, I think, than she does. But if I, if I get to take her for a walk, if I go to take Georgia for a walk, and, and I take the collar off, again, they've got, they're not too bright. Dogs are, are not as smart as we are. I take, I take the collar off. I can wave it in front of her face. They say, hey, here, I'm, I'm putting the collar over here. You won't get shocked. And then I start walking toward it, and then she sits down. And when she sits down at over 115 pounds, I want to sit down too because I can't go anywhere with her. And uh, when I first started this, when I first started to try to take her for a walk, I, I would say, come on, it's okay, it's okay. And she wouldn't have anything to do with it. But what I would do, and I did this for almost a year, I would walk over to her and I would bend over and I would rub her head and I would whisper in her ear, it's okay. And do you know something? She'd get up, and then she'd walk right, over, right, right across. Trust is a matter of intimacy. There's something very, very intimate about being able to trust. And that's the message, I think, that we get from, from Mary and Joseph. And I wonder if, if we were there, if the angel whispered in Joseph's ear. Because you've got to trust, and it is such an intimate thing. So what are we to do uh, when I doubt any of us are going to have an angel visit us? Well, maybe not like the angel visited Joseph. There are angels among us, right? We're still believing that? Yes. There are angels among us in many different ways. But maybe we won't have the same experience that Joseph and Mary and Zechariah and Elizabeth had. So what are we to do? Well, trust and the intimacy, I think that we are provided a way in this story, and we are provided a way in the manger. There is a way for us to trust in God, and we find it in the manger. Because it is an act of intimacy, it is an act of trust, it is ultimately an act of surrender. The Roman poet uh, Virgil, strangely enough, lived, he only died a generation, before, 20 years before Jesus was born. And Virgil was the one who says, love uh, conquers all. And then he said, so let us surrender to love. There is something about the manger, and there is something about the message that comes through the angels to call them to trust There's a way in the manger, and that is the way of a child, the way of trusting. But ultimately, trust is a matter of surrender. We have been quite blessed to have four children and six grandchildren. And in a way, I'm thankful that it's not the other way around. Four children was was lots. Uh, But I can remember when um, 
couple of our granddaughters were born, and I think of especially uh, Becca's first daughter. And she was put in intensive care. And uh, we went up to see her. This was up in Boston. And I remember going into the uh, NICU unit, and uh, there she has all sorts of tubes and, and very, very sick little children in, in NICU units. Little, little wires and tubes and everything and lights and blinking. And I love all the children. I love all my grandchildren. I love all my children. But when I saw her laying there, I realized that I loved her, but I would, I would have surrendered anything. I would have given up anything for her to be well. Many of you know what that's like. The way in the manger is, is being able to trust in God. And it's an intimate act, but ultimately it's surrender. It's surrender, as Virgil said, surrendering to love. And then we will have no reason to be afraid. Amen. Let us share together as we meditate upon the special music we're about to have. join me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this season, reminding us once again that in all our, our doings, that we are human beings and that we have been called to be followers of Jesus Christ. Your love that is made known to us in so many ways, in the world around us but nowhere so clearly, the being the life, the death and the resurrection among us that we may find new life in his teachings and his person, who he is and what he did. And he calls us beyond ourselves into what we may become, not satisfied with the people that we are, even though we are loved to the depths of our souls. 
For it is from God that we come and God that we will return. And so for this we give thanks in this day. As we share together, we are, we are mindful of the many gifts that come so easily and are takes, taken so easily for granted. The love that you provide in Christ is mirrored in the love that we have for children. The dependence the children have upon their parents and, and for the fact that we find brotherly and sisterly love with those strangers that we meet along the way and find that we have common cause. For our brothers and sisters that are different from us and coming to the realization, the wonderful realization, that as different as they look and as different as we look to them and our different beliefs or no belief at all or different languages and cultures, that great insight when we can come and realize at that moment in time that indeed we call each other brethren, brothers and sisters, and all children of God. So this season is indeed for the world a joy to all of the world for the gift of Christ. Allow us in our sharing together to continue to, to pray for one another and we carry within our hearts and our souls the, the, the needs of those that are so close to us. For Zachary and, and Liam, for Katie and Steve. We pray for Nancy, for the healing of her wrist, and for, for Griff and for those, and Keith and those that take care of her. We pray for those in our community and those beyond. For those this season that have no place to go. For those that are not able to be with family. For those that don't have a place to live. We pray for our brothers and sisters in California who are struggling with the loss of home and even life. For those in, in Texas the islands for Puerto Rico and for Florida who are still not in their homes. And for our brothers and sisters around the world who not only have lost home but have lost country, we pray for the refugees. We pray for the children. Help us to find ways of living and working together that we may proudly proclaim ourselves as followers of Jesus and follow his example of being open to the needs of the greater world. And so in this season, as we come together, we continually ask that the blessings we have received may not only be given to us, but work through us. And so as we come together, we offer these our own private prayers and lift up the names and the causes of those that have touched our hearts. Lord God, we continue to lift up Wayne Meisel as he struggles with cancer. We thank you for his ministry. 
And we pray for those students who are in a time of transition and deep breathing and relaxing after a stressful year. Let our support of them throughout this semester be followed by our prayers for them as well. So in all things we give thanks, in the name and for the sake of the one we call Lord. In Christ's name we offer the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.